0: Hello, my name is Zachary Singer, and for my Characteristics of Life project, I chose the tube worms. Now, tube worms are very interesting. Tube worms live on average 5,000 feet below the surface in the Pacific Ocean, and in the Pacific Ocean, they live around hydrothermic vents, which are essentially like underwater volcanoes. Now, the reason that tubeworms are so interesting is not just because they live on these underwater volcanoes, but why. See, tubeworms don't just consume food or undergo photosynthesis to to uh, get materials and energy. They, they actually undergo a process called chemosynthesis, which is a ridiculously long and complicated process and a long and complicated name. But the way chemosynthesis works is essentially... When the tube worm is uh, growing up, it initially has a mouth, which is interesting because it grows to get rid of that mouth and um, pretty much the the little stomach that it has. And so the, the use that this mouth serves is it actually traps some bacteria, and this bacteria then gets sealed in when the mouth goes away and... Ends up providing nutrients for the rest of the tube worm's life, which can be extremely long, up to hundreds of years. So essentially, this bacteria, going back to chemosynthesis, stays inside the tube worm and grows. All of this ends up taking place in um, an organ called a trophosome. And so this organ ends up holding billions of these bacteria. And so the bacteria ends up taking in hydrogen sulfide from the vent. So keep in mind, these worms are living on pretty much underwater volcanoes. And through the tube worm, the, the, mat- the toxic materials of the, um, of the underwater volcano are being taken in and fed to the bacteria. And so now this colony of bacteria is being sustained. And then the byproduct of these bacteria are in the form of sugars and amino acids. This symbiotic relationship between hosting the bacteria inside the tube worms and then using the byproducts of these bacteria to sustain its life makes the tube worms heterotrophs. Now back to the interesting location of these underwater creatures. So these underwater hydrothermic events are very warm, almost the temperature of boiling water, and essentially the hydrothermic vents leak hydrogen sulfide, which is very toxic to us humans, and it has the odor of rotten eggs. However, it is very nutrient-rich. And so, the tubeworm ends up taking in this hydrogen sulfide and feeding it to the bacteria. And it does this with a, spe- a special type of hemoglobin, which is found in blood cells. Now, this type of hemoglobin can carry both oxygen and sulfide, which are both needed for the tubeworm and the bacteria. Now that we have a basic understanding of how these bad boys function, let's talk about their life cycle. Now at first these tube worms start off as larvae and these larvae essentially float around until they settle around a nice rock around a hydrothermal vent. Tube worms actually almost direct where they land by having the mother release the larvae in certain areas of the vent where the current may take it to a nice spot where the tube worm will succeed. Now, this is one of only really two main stages of the tube worm's lifestyle. See, once it latches onto a rock, it begins to grow, and it grows very rapidly at a rate that's almost higher than almost every other animal around. And so, like I said earlier, the tube worm starts out with a mouth that actually traps its bacteria that it forms such a lovely relationship with. And as the tube worm grows, the mouth disappears. The tube worm does its thing And over time, it can grow up to almost over, or around over, eight feet long. There are varying beliefs on the reproduction systems of tube worms. Some scientists believe that sperm is released in the water and unfertilized eggs are released until they randomly mix and create larvae. However, some believe that sperm and eggs are fertilized inside a tube worm in a special organ, and once in that organ, they're eventually released creating a higher success rate because they're fertilized before hitting the open seas. If these two worms aren't fascinating enough, wait till you hear about its class, the polychaetes. Now, the polychaetes are massive. The class itself consists of 10,000 worms and all of these worms share some common features. The word polychaete means many bristles and basically that means that the polychaetes have Tons of little legs that perform various functions, such as swim around, and in the case of our special larva, cling to rocks. Something truly incredible about polychaetes is that they have actually survived five mass extinction events, one of which wiped out 96% of marine life. We have discovered polychaete fossils that date back 505 million years, which is pretty insane if you think about it, and tube worms are an example of divergent evolution. Tubeworms can be very successful when placed in the right environment, and it's hard to find a number on the carrying capacity and usual amount of tubeworms around a vent because the size of vents can greatly vary, and they're hard to come by because they're so deep. Hard to come by is in for research, because they are pretty common on the ocean floor. Science News stated that in 2016, they found that every 2 to 20 kilometers, there was a hydrothermal vent worms face little competition, only really in the larval stage amongst themselves. Small creatures such as crabs and shrimp nibble on them, but they pose no real threat. The only real threat to the tubeworms are the actual vents themselves, because due to shifts in the earth's crust, some of the vents can cease to exist, killing the tubeworms and all the creatures that feed off it. However, these shifts usually lead to open vents elsewhere. This is an example of an abiotic factor. All in all, these interesting creatures do provide nutrients for both the bacteria living inside of them and small critters living outside. These creatures are very interesting, so, as any creatures living in such deep and dangerous conditions are. Like many other polychaetes, the way that these organisms have adapted to such an interesting, dangerous landscape is just very incredible, and I hope to learn more about other species as well as more about the two themselves. Thank you for listening.